I'd like to welcome everyone to Software Spotlight, your front row seat to the latest innovations in AI-powered software for small business. I'm Michael Burnswag, your host, and each week we're joined by executives at leading software companies to get an insider's perspective on the emerging technologies, business strategies, and market trends shaping the future. Tune in to stay ahead of the curve on leveraging software to boost productivity and growth in your business. Be sure to visit softwareoasis.com to access our free weekly newsletter and sign up for our upcoming 2024 webinar series. On today's episode, we're joined by Robert Brill. He is the founder and CEO of Brill Media. Since starting his digital advertising agency in 2013, Robert has led his talented team in creating innovative data-driven ad campaigns that deliver real results for major brands. Under his leadership, Brill Media has grown into an award-winning firm recognized among the Inc. 5000 fastest-growing companies. So welcome to the podcast. Thanks, Michael, for having me. Really appreciate it. Yeah, great to have you aboard. And uh, it looks like it's been a uh, fairly consistent but uh, quick trajectory up for uh, for your media company. And I was hoping you could give our audience a little bit of background on, on yourself and Brill Media. Yeah, thanks. Um, I've been working in advertising for 20 years. Ten years into my career, I started Brill Media, and uh, I bootstrapped it to millions of dollars in uh, annual revenue. And you know, our job is to drive leads and sales for clients uh, to to help them grow their businesses, whether they're other agencies or advertisers. Uh, we know the the methods and practices that work. Um, to gain attention and grow businesses. Fantastic. And and that's very timely because our webinar next uh next week is actually focused on exactly that topic, driving uh leads and conversions online. So I know we've seen quite a bit of uh excitement and, and interest from our community. So this is a great uh great uh prelude to that. Um awesome. Can you tell us a little bit about different kinds of services and offerings that you have at Brill Media? Yeah, so uh, we're media agnostic. Uh, I'm not here to specifically sell Meta or Google or anything else. If everyone started reading the newspaper again, we'll be running ads in newspapers. Um, but um, according to eMarketer, 45% of all digital advertising will run on Meta and Google. So those are two major platforms. In addition to those two, we run ads on uh, TikTok, LinkedIn, X. YouTube, Hulu, Roku, digital out of home, um, screens that you see like on the side of the freeway and on the road, and digital audio, including Pandora and Spotify. A really success of client campaigns comes from starting with a strategy, understanding your key performance indicators, understanding the transformative value that you provide for a client or a customer, and then uh, mapping out the steps to ensure that you use the right platforms and channels and creative development to um, resonate with your potential customers. And that's a big part of the success that we've had uh, for our clients. Sure. So a lot of times it's really connecting on on the right media platform um, in addition to the messaging uh, that, that really generates the type of response that, that your clients are looking for. And what are the different types of... Um, 
actions that, that your clients are trying to achieve? Are, are many of them looking more for branding or conversions or both or something different? What, what do you say? Yeah, most of our clients and, and where we try to take our clients is to to market or advertise towards some business amplifying activity, usually a lead or a sale. It could be a physical world visit. Um, it could be an app download. It could be a trial. Um, but the goal is we don't, you know, our philosophy is likes, comments, and shares don't pay the bills. So right. optimize to campaigns where you're going to drive sales. Um, too many advertisers allow themselves to run ads without having the uh, performance that they really need for a business. And we we advocate for optimizing to sales. Neat. Okay. And do you have a, a range of clients or, or do you focus on a specific uh, type of, of client uh, that, that you seem to do the best uh, for? Or Yeah. So we've become a white label or outsourced media buying firm. So creative shops, strategy firms will go to market with us as our ad buying team. And okay. then we'll go together. So through that, we do all kinds of things from selling tickets to uh, Cardi B and Hugh Jackman to government campaigns, education, real estate, auto, and there's many more. Um, because understanding th the fundamentals of ad buying is really what powers good performance. Well, I can tell you, you know, I've I've sat in your seat and I can tell you, you have the weight of the world on your shoulders managing uh, a whole range of campaigns because it, it especially in, in this environment, um, you know, it, it can vary and, and working with the likes of, you know, Meta and Google and some of the other large media type outlets, um, you really need to keep a tight, tight, tight rein on a lot of the uh, advertising metrics and all of that to make sure you're delivering for your clients. Did, how, how do you do that? Do you have a team of individuals that are actually managing individual campaigns or, you know, can you talk a little bit more to that? Yeah, absolutely. So we have a team of um, really smart senior people. So on the low end, they have seven years of experience on the high end, 20 years of experience. And um, really, the, the reason we've been successful is because we have really talented people. We have strong standard operating procedures with um, robust peer review. So people are watching other people's work and, and looking at it, reviewing it. There's management review, supervisory review, and account manager review. And that's one of the big components, right? Like, you know, it's important for there to be redundancy in an organization to ensure success. Uh, so that with a standard operating procedure, we have people who stay with us, both clients and employees who stay with us for very long times because um, they enjoy their work because they know when they're going to be successful because they understand when their responsibilities start and stop. Um, so that's a big part of how we've um, grown over the last few years. And um, just just as far as Brill Media as an agency, how have you been able to work or can you bullet point a couple of areas that you've been able to distinguish yourself from other agencies in the space? Because obviously it's a very, uh, very crowded space. Yeah, absolutely. So 
Um, the challenge for any business is that there's so many people who call themselves agencies. I mean, all you need is a computer, an internet connection, and a Facebook account, and you can call yourself a Facebook ads agency. Um, so number one, the way we differentiate is with experience. Number two, we're media agnostics. I'm not specifically trying to sell any one platform uh, where a lot of those companies are. You look at the big multinationals, they often charge large, dramatically big um, retainers. And um, while they do have lots of resources, they're also very big and hard to um, hard to be nimble with. And I've seen that firsthand because um, I've, I've spent my time working at big multinational agencies during my career, and I've been in pitches with them and against them. And sure. so the reality is, is that you know, we offer a unique combination of large multinational agency capabilities, um, but with the nimbleness of a of a really um, really uh, sleek startup. Interesting, and it's so important in today's day and age. Um, you know, everything is very quickly evolved, and I, I think they say six months on the internet is like a decade in any other industry. So we age in so, dog years. <laughs> Yeah, you you absolutely have have survived, and uh, and that that says a lot on its own. Um, the the white label aspect is is interesting because it it obviously provides a lot of value for uh, agencies that are are looking to provide a solution, but may not have the back office or or the you know the structure in place to to do it properly. Hundred um, percent. Yeah. So, so can you give me a little bit of an example, um, you know, for a company that were, you know, coming to you with a, a need um, and, you know, looking for some media planning and some, some buying, you know, for a specific client, can you kind of walk us through the steps, how a company would, would get started in terms of getting onboarded all the way through to getting up and running with, with Pro Media? Absolutely. So, Everything starts with a strategy. After the initial call, we want to understand more details about your business, what you've done in the past for marketing, what's worked and what hasn't worked, what are the economics of your business, what's the value of a customer, uh, what's the lifetime value, what's what have your um, customer acquisition costs been, what's the consumer journey. So we download so that we can be up to speed with what you already know about your business. We also want to understand your business um, goals, like how many more new clients do you need? What do you want greater client retention? What are the components that would make an advertising campaign successful? Then we pair all that information up with our insight about the marketplace, and we recommend a media plan, which is a breakout of where the ad should run, um, the targeting, the dates, etc. And then we go to market. And going to market is inclusive of placing pixels because we're really interested in tracking activity to ensure that um, we know when sales come in from Meta or Google, we we understand the differences there. Uh, if there's any CRM, we involve CRMs. And really, at the end of the day, um, what most businesses don't know about advertising that they should is that advertising today is a real-time focus group. The data from advertising campaigns is always streaming in. And then as a result, you can understand what the marketplace, what consumers want from you right now. So you don't have to rely on data from 24 months ago. You can rely on data from two days ago. So our job is to drive performance. And we're very transparent about how we drive the performance. We provide 
um, a great deal of context about advertising campaigns so you know why Meta is doing well and maybe Hulu isn't. And we want to understand how these channels work together to build a a symphony of sales and marketing that can scale up over time. So we, we run the campaign, we provide um, a dashboard, which we're going to talk about showing the details of the campaign in great granularity. Um, sure. We have weekly meetings um, and we provide insight into the types of tests that we're running so that you can learn more about your business. That that's really helpful because I know a lot of you know, and sometimes you know, hearing a story or, or seeing an actual example helps you know some of our listeners to, to understand exactly how uh, how the solution uh, works. But uh, can you give an example of of a uh, you know? I'm not sure if you can speak about a client, but a, a campaign that you've run for a client that that was super successful, and how how you got to that point where yeah, they they were successful and happy. Absolutely. So um, <laughs> we run campaigns where advertisers need to spend small amounts of money, but lots of money in aggregate. So you basically have like one and two and three thousand dollar campaigns where you're spending hundreds of thousands of dollars to sell sure. an e-commerce product because you have so many different um, variations of the product and service. So the way we set that up is we use dynamic ad creative with the goal of you set up a template, you set up a data feed, and the user that sees the ad gets an ad that is customized to them. So therefore, we are running tens of thousands of ad variations so that the user that sees the ad, it's called mass customization. The user sure. that sees the ad gets an ad that is relevant to them, so they're much more likely to buy. So we started out with spending, I don't know, like ten or twenty thousand dollars one year, and then it increased to a few hundred thousand dollars the next year, and we've consistently grown it to um, lots of money um, year after year because the amount of scale increases. Uh, we're profitable. And the client likes the work that we're doing, so we can we keep on um, we keep on doing it. Yeah, and and I think at the end of the day, obviously, it's a very measurable uh, type of of activity, and and clearly, if it's driving bottom line results, it's something that uh, a client is uh, is going to come back and ask for more. And I think that that's important. Um, what what are some of the the key trends that you see in in the digital advertising space yeah absolutely so there's a few um in no particular order we'll start with um we'll start with the the power of the algorithm um the way advertising used to be run is you used to get very granular on targeting so on on meta you run ads with keywords interests lookalikes and retargeting don't do any of that anymore basically so what works is broad targeting age gender and location so if we can transact with people across the united states the broad targeting for geo is u.s if you're a restaurant by by comparison and you're you know people only travel five miles around an address your broad targeting is five miles so the idea is you are giving meta the ability to understand who your best customers are because it allows you to what meta does with its ads is it, it routes ads to the people most suited for that ad 
even without all the keyword and interest targeting. The second component of that sort of broad algorithmic targeting is creative testing with the goal of starting with five ads, disassembling them, and playing around with all the different variations that you possibly have. You can have 125 different possible ads if you create five ads because you have three different elements per ad. So you have five headlines, five primary texts, and five images or video. When you mix and match, you have 125 possible variations. And over the course of a month, regardless of budget, you can have $1,500 a month or you could have $500,000 a month. You can find the creative execution, the one creative execution that is absolutely the best out of the 125 that you started with. And that further helps train Meta's machine learning algorithm to find your best customers. It also fulfills on that real-time focus group because you get an all-star ad at the end of every month. What that then does is over time, you start to understand the products and services that really resonate with your customers and the ones that don't. You also start to understand which types of creative uh, resonate with your customers and the types that don't. So that's one. It's the power of algorithms. So on Google, for example, you upload, you'll still be very granular with your targeting, your keyword targeting, but you will upload up to 15 different um, headlines and four descriptions and Google will mix and match in the in the way that it thinks it's most beneficial for your business. When you run ads on TikTok, there's smart performance campaigns. Again, very broad targeting. You upload a few creative executions and it goes to market to find you leads and sales and et cetera. So that's, that's a big part of this. We're, we're moving away from the granular targeting and going into this algorithmic powered um, decisioning engine. And I, I think, you know, it's very interesting because on the, the flip side of that, the, the whole SEO industry has been turned upside down on its head with, with all of the AI and, and all of the, the, you know, AI generated content and all of mm-hmm. that. But on the, the advertising end of things, you know, it's, it's a very different story. Obviously the AI is enabling a lot of the capabilities that are, are just so important to the metrics that you're talking about. And as far I'll, I'll, I'll continue on that, that path, but as far as your team and the people that are, that are aboard, are there certain types of backgrounds or um, certain types of individuals that you find do the best on your team in terms of being able to manage this type of uh, type of detail? Like there are a lot of people coming from like a data science background or statistics or math or just a whole variety of different disciplines? Yeah, I mean, look, there's, there is a probably a hundred thousand person industry of media buyers of various levels that work at ad, ad agencies around the country. <clears throat> if I had to guess, maybe, maybe you could double it and say it's 200,000. I don't know exactly. So sure. there's, there's a fair amount of talent in the marketplace. Um, so what we look for is it, it depends on the role. If you're looking at media buyers, the way we separate our businesses, we look at social, search and then display okay. and the different tools associated with them. So we're looking for people for search, for example, when we hire, we're looking for people with actual hands-on practical experience on search platforms. There's a lot of people that have that. So then we curate for what's the likelihood that they're going to be a good additive component to our team. That's what we're really hiring for. We're hiring for culture. Like, are you going to be a team player? Are you going to yeah. work hard? Are you going to work well 
with the rest of the people? Are you going to be kind and friendly to the people you work with? That's so really, really, really finding for. the right fit, you know, in terms of culture, yeah. I think. And, and I would agree with you from uh, my past experiences, having run uh, larger organizations with many individuals, I think, you know, over and above anything that you see on a resume or skills or any of that, it's so important that, that someone has the right fit for the organization and the communication style and all of that is, is on par with, with the, the style of, of the organization. And getting a sense of a person's intentions. That's, that's a big part of it because you can be smart. And you can be charismatic, but you can be a, you can, you, if you're not a good human being, that's a problem. Absolutely. So back to our conversation. <laughs> so if, if you were, um, you know, looking at the, the shift towards streaming and CTV kind of like impacting media buying, what, what are you <laughs> seeing in that, that part of the market? What, what are you thinking? Uh, Absolutely. It's a, it's a boom for, for marketers the fact that we have the ability to serve up ads on uh, Netflix and primary uh, Amazon prime, prime plus TV, prime TV, Um, Disney plus Paramount plus um, those are all great opportunities. So I think, you know, we're going back to the days of where there's a lot of different channels and uh, consumers will either pay with their time or money. Um, The benefit this time around from the eighties and nineties cable television, package setup is that you have a lot more um, granular targeting so you can use data like the same data that you you could use on banners or or other types of ads you can serve up on hulu for example with the idea that if i'm targeting pet owners um, i can only i can serve ads to household identifiers where there's a high um, preponderance of high likelihood um of pet ownership in the household. So you don't you don't have to do the broad targeting anymore uh for television which is actually very contrary to what you're doing with so search and social which is very algorithmic at this point. Yeah, it's just unbelievable the different ways in which you can slice and dice the data and and reach the exact person, you know, at the right point in their journey where they're ready for whatever it is that you're offering. So that that's pretty amazing. Are there any emerging ad platforms that you see that look really promising that uh, you have your eye on? Um, you know, we, no, (laughs) we stick to the fundamentals. I mean, like there are clients who definitely ask us like, you know, where can we advertise? That's not, that's not on the beaten path. And sometimes we'll recommend like next door, um, or ways. Um, but the reality is, is that, there's a few things ad platforms that get big have a dramatic advantage they get data that makes their algorithms better they have uh, a large uh, abundance of users so for our clients who need conversions they need sales and leads um, it's far better to go on these big platforms than uh, to put a lot of time and effort into small smaller platforms yeah um so I, I don't I, I'm not looking for the one off fringe platforms. I'm looking how to looking at how to grow and make these other big other these these fundamental platforms really yeah, successful. And it's interesting. I mean at at a high level, you know different uh groups that are driving traffic on online 
clearly if they're they're not accepted by some of the larger platforms, they're going to end up on some of these other second tier platforms. So obviously you, know, you want to be able to deliver the right quality of, of visitor. You know, one of the things that is relevant, like Reddit, for example, I consider that a mainstream platform, but you know, sure. Reddit for a lot of advertisers is, is new and they're about to go or they have already filed for IPO. They're becoming a big player um, and they're, you know, they're, so those types of, you know, Quora is another platform. No, a lot of companies don't advertise on Quora, but we've done that with our clients. So there are these sort of like fringe places that aren't big for advertising that we have run with, but they just, they're just not part of the regular media plans that we put together. Yeah, no, that makes a lot of sense. So, so really it's the, the larger <laughs> platforms, the, the more established platforms where a lot of the data is, is very trusted. And yeah. uh, a lot of the results are very measurable and repeatable. Yeah. Yeah. Now, as far as um, organizations that, that are working with Brill Media, do you see um, more companies, you know, based globally or more in different regions of the world that are, are coming to you or, or where, where do usually... you see customers? Yeah, they're usually based in the United States, both coasts, some in the middle. Um, but really, it's um, a lot of our clients are going to be creative shops, strategy sure. firms, um, fractional uh, CMOs or consultants. And then we work with businesses directly based on referrals. So so if one of um, those types of um, clients were coming to you and or one of those firms and looking to white label your solution. Um, can you give us a, a high level? Like how, what does that look like? How, how do they um, interact? And Yeah, absolutely. So we make it really easy for clients to work with us, um, set up a conversation. You can meet us at brillmedia.co and uh, have a click the start now button. And that conversation we can have um, and we can start working together. We, we literally have situations where clients come to us and uh, within five to six days we have, we're live with a campaign. So we know how to hustle to make things happen. Okay. All right. Great. Um, I know that you said that the, the, the magic behind the platform is really your uh, analytics and data and that you had a uh, very nice interface for clients and, and agencies to uh, to use would, would it be possible to share that with us and love to yeah that would be great we can give our audience uh, in in the early days of podcasting most people were listening and i think a lot of people are, are listening and watching or, yeah. or or doing some combination of the two but sometimes what do they say a picture is worth a thousand words right 100 percent. so this is a dashboard that we use um and it's meant to serve a few different purposes. Um, it's meant to go to the agency so they can keep track of their campaigns with us. It's meant to go to the advertiser if the agency says so, says that they want that, so that the advertiser has the ability to stay connected with the campaign. This dashboard updates uh, once once a day in the morning. So um, anytime you have a hankering to look at your metrics, you certainly can. Um, in this particular campaign, what you're seeing is a is an optimization towards visits. So it's a tourism campaign. So physically, so seeing an ad or clicking on an ad and then physically walking into a location. Um, and you have top line metrics here, which are going to be great for um, for the executive. 
And then as you go into further detail, you can really uh, understand the intricacies of the campaign. And what I'll show you here is if you click on this, I can actually slice the page. Let's click on media cost. Um, I can slice the page. And now the data up top here is going to change. And so what you're seeing here is the entire dashboard is now focused on this one line for foot traffic banners where we were tracking ads. This spend to these many visits for a total um, cost, per, um, cost per visit. And so what this shows here is that if you want to isolate just the foot traffic campaign, you can see audiences and more data around your campaigns. So you can see which visits did the best. So for example, in this case, you got the most visits, 750 from event lovers, but the cost per visit is actually far lower um, for foodies. So foodies, well, far lowest for event lovers, I should say. So people who are interested in events were most likely to come to our location to find out more. So I'll clear this filter and then the benefit there's a, a bunch more data here about creative execution sure. ad size etc what's relevant here is going to be this which will show you a story like why were there more visits here why did it ebb and flow here and the answer is we changed we shifted budgets away from this strategy so we shifted more budget towards other ads that would generate um, email addresses but the idea is you have a story, you have access to the data, you can download all of this, or you can click on the widget and download everything into an Excel document, which is really powerful because if you're a manager and you have a meeting in half an hour and you just need to crunch a little bit of data, you have access to it. But if you work with us and you give us like half a day or a day, we'll, we'll do the work for you. Um, sure. So that's, that's the dashboard. I think that's really helpful because I think you know, so many times, you know, not having, having the data, but not, not communicating the data is just as bad as not having the data. So I think it's really helpful. We, we believe in context, communication, and consistency. Data for the sake of data, not so good. But data for the sake of understanding more about your business is very valuable. So um, we need to provide the context so you understand what's good and what's not good and, and how we're going to improve. Well, I'll tell you, and in, in part of my philosophy and all of the, the organizations that I've, I've run is, you know, if, if we can do something better, we'll do it in-house. If someone else can do it better, we'll outsource it. And yeah. I think it's so important, you know, to find experts like yourself in each area to really maximize, um, you know, the direction that you're heading in and, and to achieve great results. Absolutely. Fantastic. So um, can you give us a little bit of an idea, like in terms of your leadership style and approach and philosophy as to, you know, from the entrepreneurial end of things, how you've grown the company to, to where it's at and, and what your philosophy is? Yeah. I mean, you know, I've never worked harder than, than I have at Brill Media. And I thought I worked pretty hard working for other companies. And I just realized it's, it's, an, it's um, a series of responsibilities that continue to grow. Um, my my motivation for starting this business, at least one of them, was I want to rise to the magnitude of responsibility. I want to I want to have bigger responsibilities, and I want to uh, achieve the goals that are associated with them. Um, what I'm what I'm looking for, what I'm trying to create with the team, which I think we've done a great job of, is 
um, giving people a good place to work where they can, you know, we're all remote. So being remote, you can work in your daytime pajamas, as I call them, which are your jogging pants and your, your hoodie, whatever you feel comfortable with. Be sure. close to your pets and your family. Um, and we trust. I mean, we, we know when people are around, but even if people aren't around, like we're trusting that they're going to get the work done and they're not going to take advantage of our business. And that's that's the default setting. And then if it shows that we shouldn't trust you, then there's a different conversation there. But, you know, I hire really smart, talented people and um, I give them the autonomy and the freedom that I, I've always wanted as an employee. And that's what we're going for. That and that that's incredible, and that's that's really the right right strategy because with so much going on and so many campaigns, and you know, obviously the tenure of your team speaks to that, speaks volumes. Um, but with so much going on, you know, let's face it, you cannot be everywhere, you cannot be watching everything, and if if you know that you have the right people in place to, uh, you know, execute on on the strategy you set up, that's that's you know exactly what you could hope for. So if you would have described the the culture overall at, at Bro Media for someone that were were you know saying, "Hey, you know, it seems like an interesting company. I'd like to to approach them about a, a position." How would you describe the culture? Um we give people a great deal of autonomy. Um you will learn a lot and um advance your career in a really uh, meaningful way. The culture is very supportive, um, and you know we we work together so that we all can succeed. That's that's the culture. Makes, it's very supportive. Makes a lot of sense. And for someone that were just graduating, uh, getting out of school, starting their career, would you suggest the the, the this industry? Is this a a good yeah. career path? You know, we're just getting started. Yeah, I mean, my recommendation is work at a big agency because. So I'm speaking from my experience. Um, sure. So it's a little bit, you know, a little bit biased. But my experience, my very first, my very first job that I consider as part of the package of my career, as I worked at Universal Music, and then that was for nine months, and then I went to Universal McCann. Unrelated, Universal McCann was media buying. And so I, I was at McCann in 2004, and. It was glorious. My job was to do the same thing every day, plus also learn the business and not mess things up. That's what they were paying me for. And that's the experience that I think a lot of people should should get, especially if they're just out of college. Sure. Um, now, granted, there are some people who are who know themselves to be entrepreneurs. There are tech tinkerers, which I, I consider myself to be, and, and we like to hire people who are like to tinker on the on the tech and AI and etc. So if you're one of those people, this may not be the best type of job. But I think no, meaning working at an agency where your job is completely um, repetitive. But for sure. me, it was really good because I had an opportunity to number one learn the business and number two learn the macro view of of how this business works, which I needed. I wanted to be an entrepreneur out of college. I just didn't know anything. I didn't know what to do with with that with that benefit with that sort of motivation yeah you need a starting point so you know and then and then getting the advertising business is fascinating because at, at where we are right now i get to have really just great conversations with business owners 
where they share all kinds of stuff about their business, like the ins and outs of their business. Um, and they have to be honest with me because if they're not honest with me, I can't actually help them very well. I'll just go off of bad data and that'll mean that we're making the, the wrong decisions for them. Sure. So, yeah, I think this is, this is a great business. It evolves rapidly. Uh, no two days are the same. And if you like that type of thing, go into advertising. <laughs> there you go. And if you don't mind my asking, what, what inspired you to start your own agency? Yeah. Number one, I wanted to rise to the magnitude of responsibility. I didn't think I'd get to be a CEO of, a, of an advertising company. I didn't think I didn't have a path to that. So that's one. Number two, um, I had a really great job and, you know, the company I worked for went bankrupt. And um, I was bummed because I really enjoyed it. I had a great deal of autonomy. Um, and the result of that is I didn't think I could find that elsewhere. I thought I'd have to create it. And I started to become a bad employee. Like I could, I could feel myself becoming just ordinary, you know, like sure. hard to deal with. So um, I felt that the only way for me to, number one, not have a an hour and a half commute, which I hated, yeah. um, but to live the life on my terms and have the freedom that I want to live, that I want to have was to start this agency. Because I realized working for another company was supposed to be the safe bet, but it didn't feel like the safe bet at some point. It felt very risky as well. No, it makes a lot of sense. And sometimes, you know, having an amazing experience and then having that taken away from you shows you what the potential is and what the opportunity is. And, you know, I, I look back to some of my earlier positions and had some, some great mentors and some absolutely fantastic uh, experiences. And I think it's it's a journey along the way, and each one kind of shapes where you are today. 100%. Um, and to that end, um, what would you say have been like, you know, looking back, some of the biggest challenges, you know, in doing your own agency and getting up and running? Yeah. Um, challenges, I think, you're just starting it up. I was like, man, I need to learn how to sell. I didn't know how to sell. Sure. Um, <laughs> the second thing is taking the big financial risks were also very challenging. Um, so I actually had to figure, I, I tried every other possible thing that I could think of that I had a marginal opportunity of succeeding with before I actually went all in on this business model. Yeah. Um, but what, but what's funny is this is my zone of genius. This is what I know how to do really well. Like I tried to do a social media firm and like, there's a lot of people who know how to do social media and a lot of them are better than me, quite frankly, you know, like posting content and all that stuff. Sure. So, um, so the risks are money, time, um, and making good life decisions. That's what it was. And then as I and as the business grew, every time I hired someone, for like the first one or two people was like, oh, man, can I take on this financial risk? Um, and I think along the way, you learn other things. Like there was one summer where we went from two people to eight people. No, two people to seven people. And the, the new people weren't happy. I wasn't happy. Our clients were becoming dissatisfied. And that's when I learned that we need standard operating procedure. So there's challenges that evolve along the way. And I've realized over time that what I'm looking for is to understand those challenges and how to overcome them so I can be a better professional. Neat. Okay. And we'll obviously leave um, some details in the show notes. But for anyone that would like to get in touch and... Uh 
kind of expand on the conversation, how how would they reach out to to you at Brill Media? Yeah, um, my email is Robert at BrillMedia.co. Be as in boy, R I L L Media.co, um, and certainly reach out. Um, there's a start button at the top right, and uh, share your information. We'll have a conversation. Perfect. Well, I really appreciate you joining us on Software Spotlight this week. It's been uh, very eye-opening and a great conversation and a uh, very interesting uh, look at a different side of lead generation advertising and tech. So that that's fantastic. Uh, coming up on our next episode, uh, we'll have Brian Childress. He's an accomplished technologist and fractional CTO who helps companies fix their software products. Um, he has deep expertise across software engineering, cloud computing, and cybersecurity, and brings an invaluable guidance to help CEOs and CTOs make strategic decisions that drive business growth. So be sure to visit our website, softwareoasis.com, to access our free newsletter and sign up for our upcoming 2024 webinar series.